up? This is Matt Dietz, and this is Simply Explaining Insurance. This is the show where I tell you what you need to know about insurance in a way that you can understand it. Because I know what you don't know about insurance, and I know what you need to know. All right, we're going to go off the page today. I have some amazing guests that came on to visit me for the show. And uh, we talk shop about running agencies and training and what it really takes to get this stuff off of the ground. And so uh, I met Michael and Courtney Weaver recently. They were kind enough to have me on their podcast, and I wanted to reciprocate So, because we had such a great conversation. I was like, let's do that again. And so I brought them on, and uh, we just hit record and, and went. Um, the three of us have such common ways of thinking when it comes to building a business like this. It was so much fun talking to them. And and while we have common ways of thinking, they also do things a little bit differently. And it's always great to hear different points of view. Um, but the core structure is there, you know, do the real work, build the systems, hire slow, fire fast, communicate like there's and plus their husband and wife team. And so they complement each other's strengths beautifully, which I love. I love a good husband and wife team that's getting it done. It's really special. And so, uh, please enjoy this conversation that we had. Michael and Courtney, thank you so much for coming on. It was a delight to see your smiling faces and I appreciate you coming on so quickly after you got back from a, from a long trip. I know you guys were jet lagged and, um, but you guys, crushed it. So thanks for bringing some additional value to the people who need it. And uh, let's just get on with the show. Well, real quick, I forgot. Uh, A lot of agents struggle with building a pipeline. Uh, It's tough to find people who want to buy from you. So I pulled something out of my master program to give to you for free. It's 10 ways to write 20 policies this week. Uh, It's the real work that you got to do, but I've laid it out for you and I just want you to have it. So do me a favor and send me a text to 208 213 8809 and type in 20 policies, 20 policies. I'll send it to you for free and uh, we'll go from there. All right, here we go. All right. Well, I am joined today with Michael, my new friends, Michael and Courtney Weaver uh, from the Weaver Sales Academy. Super stoked to have them on the show. These are my people. Like, so I'm really excited to, uh, to nerd out with you over what we do (laughs) because we have a similar path and believe in a lot of the same things. And so, so let's talk. How are you guys today? Matt, we're so excited. Yeah, So good, man. Thank you so much for the opportunity. You bet. I appreciate you guys coming on. I know uh, you just landed from a long trip like a couple hours ago or something like that. (laughs) You probably haven't slept. So, um, yeah, How, you guys just got back from Europe. Yeah, yeah, we were we were in Italy and Greece. We were gone for about three and a half weeks. We Good are completely in a different time zone right yeah. now. That's why we were asking before we got started. We're like, what time zone are you in? Because right. right now it's like 9 p.m. in yeah. Greece. So yeah. we're like, hey, let's go. <laughs> right. Sambuca time, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very good. All right. So let's start real easy. Like where are you guys at right now in the world? If you can, if you can figure that out based on what you've done the last three and a half weeks and like, tell me about how you got into insurance and then we'll just, we'll just kind of go from there. So, 
Yeah. So where we're at in the world, uh, physically, we are in the Midwest. Uh, we are nice. born and raised Missouri kids. And that's really kind of how we got started. So I'll, I'll let Michael share because I'm a byproduct of the insurance industry. That was not something I actually didn't want to get into insurance at all. That does not sound sexy or fun or cool to me. Agreed. Um, but that was, <laughs> Hey, it didn't sound sexy to me either, but, um, <laughs> but no today. So today we coach full-time. So Weaver Sales Academy, we work with about 4,400 insurance professionals across the country from all different industries, doesn't matter, captive or or independent, but that is not how it started. So look, I got, I, I tricked her into this dream. I tricked her in. I'm like, Hey, we, switch. I wanted, I wanted to be, <laughs> look, I had a dream of, of being very wealthy. We both grew up very, very, very blue, blue collar, collar, middle um, modest, class. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Small towns. And I knew I didn't want to do that. I grew up um, when I was a teenager, my dad, so he's a pension worker still working today, but he found out that his pension was going to get cut by about 75% back in like the 0809, 2010 era, just because of some bad investments. And so I wanted to get into, I didn't know insurance at that time. I just wanted to get into a profession that made a lot of money. We both, I went to school for law. Um, changed my mind and just happened to have an internship with a state farm agent and, uh, fell in love with it. He more, more so just transparently, he showed me a paycheck that was more than what my parents made in like four months. And I was like, I think I could probably do something like that. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, so that, that's how it all started. And then we met and I was like, look, this is, this is the path I want to take. Uh, you want to, you want to do this journey with me and yeah. So, so we got married in February of 2014 and we opened our scratch insurance agency in April of 2014. So right, let's exactly go. two months <laughs> after your first no, baby, right? It, yeah. is, it yeah. was a hundred percent our first baby. And that's kind of how everything we went on to start multiple businesses after that we were sales Academy being the, the one that we have that we do full-time currently that we've done for the past five years, but it was really about this shared vision, like we had the dream for our life and how do we use our unique skill sets and know the lane that we're running in to run towards this big dream of our life? Because we're big proponents of build your life first. And then what is the business that supports that? And insurance is an incredible profession Absolutely. to provide wealth and freedom and change generations. And so it worked out really well. We're still married. So that was almost 10 years ago and yep. businesses went on to form from that. So that's kind of how it all got started. That's awesome. I love all of that. So you kind of are reverse engineering your dream, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 So when you, uh, you must've had a great mentor at state farm when you do, when you did the internship, right? I mean, if the guy was, you know, wasn't very open or helpful, you know, maybe you take a different path. And so there's, there's credit to him for sure, for, yep. for showing you the ropes. So, you know, State Farm uh, is a great, great company. Tell me a little bit about when you opened your doors there um, and what your first year was like, you know, uh, and what moment were you like, uh-oh, <laughs> like we all have it, right? We're like, uh-oh, maybe are we in over our head here? And like, how did you, how did you learn what you needed to learn, you know, to succeed? Let's, yep. let's hear, let's hear your answer. Yes. Yeah, so I would say the learning process actually started. So was working with the agent. So I'm a big believer. We're big believers investing in yourself. So, um, 
investing in sales training. So Grant Cardone, uh, Brian Tracy's kind of the OG. He's my mentor without even him even being my mentor. I listened to the psychology of selling for 18 months in a row every day. My CD on the way to work, on the way home from work, I was listening to while you're sleeping, right? <laughs> on dates, like that's all I heard. I was like, okay. <laughs> Can we chill with Brian Tracy for a second? And I think, Courtney, wait, wait, you got to hear this part. Yes. This part's the best, right? Exactly. <laughs> oh, man, I, I, picked her, I actually picked her up for our very first, first date, date yeah. with that plane. And she's like, you got to be kidding me, right? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll turn it off. I'll even listen to the music. So. I should have known then what our life was going to look like. Yeah. I, I was all in. But that was, but I, I think that that period of time learning the business without owning the business was one of the best things that I did because I learned how to sell products. I learned the product knowledge. I learned um, how to talk to customers. So going into agency, my confidence was super high, even though we didn't have any money. Like looking back at it, we probably shouldn't have been given that opportunity because we had five grand to our name starting a scratch insurance agency. So we had to work. It's always comes back to the time skill or money. And at that point in time, Skill, maybe I could sell, but I didn't know how to run a business. We didn't know how to run a business. We didn't know how to lead a team. Um, time, we all have the same 24 hours. So in money, we had none of. So we had to work extremely hard those first few years because we didn't have the money to to dump a ton into marketing. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, no, I appreciate that. And it's one of those things too, I think with business, if you're listening and you're a new business owner and you're you have the best plan in the world everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. And that's what mm -hmm. it feels like when you start a business or you're learning something new for the first time. So I think a lot of that first year was making mistakes and going that hurt. Um, I, I need to move from that. And I think where that really came in for us was we had to figure out how we got paid. Like you need to know where the money comes from, because again, going back to time, money, or skill, we didn't have money. So right. we needed to know how do we get this because we will work 24 hours a day and we will skill up, but we eventually are building a business. So we need to stay in the game and that's with money. Yep. So. so maximize, so yeah, maximizing your comp plans because every company's comp plans are a little bit different. So really having a great understanding of your comp plan, how you're paid, the bonus structures that you're given, how can you maximize those is a critical piece. Um, you asked, I think one of the biggest learning lessons I, I learned that first year was not holding on to employees because you feel like you, without them, what are you going to do? Mm -hmm. um, I actually made a recent LinkedIn post. I actually think you commented on it and it was my very first person I ever had to fire. I was so nervous and I was scared because I prided myself on being someone's, I mean, I was providing for their household, but at the same time, they weren't meeting expectations. They weren't really that great of an employee. They would show up late, but I was so scared about, okay, number one, if I do fire them, what am I going to do? All right. And number two, man, like what's this person going to do when I fire them? And so, but I'll always go back to that was a great learning lesson because it was a super expensive learning lesson. Bad hires are the most expensive lesson you'll learn as an agency owner, I believe, just a business owner. But two, going with that gut instinct and the old saying of hire slow, fire fast. When you get that gut feeling of this person needs to go, they need to go. And it took me a few a few people of of firing to actually listen to that advice. And still today, I hate firing. So that's why we've got a COO that will do it now. But, <laughs> Smart. Um, yeah. but it's, it's one of those things. It's like, 
it's such a culture. They can, they can be a cancer to your culture. And it's amazing what happens when your team can, when you get rid of the, the right person, the rest of the team steps up. And a lot of times in my experience, you'll actually do better and perform better than you were with the wrong person in the wrong seat. Yeah, I agree with every word you just said. I mean, I went through the same exact thing. I had, I had to fire a mom of a single mom who had twin teenagers and like, how in the hell am I supposed to fire, you know, a mom, single mom that has two teens, you know, I was, I lost sleep over it. Like I probably lost eight pounds. Like it was, it was really tough. Mm -hmm. And, and there's so much going on in your head because you're probably trying to own it yourself. You're like, what am I doing wrong Mm -hmm. that I can't get them where I need them to go. And yeah. and, And you're, you're trying your hardest to get them there. And so at some point there is, you have to transition that thought to be like, well, they're just not doing what I'm asking them to do. And I have to Mm -hmm. let them go. And then the other thing that you said, when you let them go, I bet it felt like you took two lead vests off your chest for starters, you know, and you were probably mad. You didn't do it sooner. Mm -hmm. And everything got a lot lighter, you know, and you can kind of rebuild and reset and things like that. And so it's a really tough, hard first rite of passage that we have to go through, but we all, we're not going to retire the first person that we hire. I mean, let's get real. Right. And so we're all trying to find our people. We're trying to find our team. And when you've got it, it's magic. Right. But, but you're right. I mean, it's really, really tough. So, so, and it's expensive and all that stuff too. So, yeah. When did you guys, um, when did you guys, how long did, were you agents with State Farm? So we were with, so we went from April of 2014 to January of 2022. Okay. So eight years. So how did you guys market without a budget? Cause I did the same thing. I just want to hear what, what your process was like. I didn't have any money either. You know, I learned how to market and write business without spending money, which was a gift, you know, because like, I still don't spend money on, I never spent money on marketing and it was a total gift, but it's a totally different skill set, Right. So tell me what you guys learned on how, what did you guys do to market without spending a lot of money? Cause it's so- really important. Matt, you, when you were on our podcast, you did a great job talking about networking in person. And that was not the route that we, we went and looking back, I I got so much from the hearing you talk about how you networked and really meeting people and your intention behind it. But at this time, so 2014, we decided to go all in on social media and the online space and really branding ourselves. And what we figured out pretty quickly was the company or the carriers that you work with, they all have their own unique brands. And the thing that separates you from the the person down the road selling the exact same product through the exact same carrier is you. And so how do you really set yourself apart? So that's what we really doubled down on um, from a marketing standpoint. And then the not sexy thing of cold calling. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, it's not, that's, so he, Michael is a, very unique character that he actually enjoys the chase and the game of cold calling. I was like, hell no. I did it. I did one list we had aged leads and I sat down and I did it for maybe 30 minutes. And I was like, all right, I'm going all in on social media and and SEO because this is not my game. So that was really the two lanes that we focused on was cold calling and online marketing. And that's really, you know, 
there's a lot of things that go into marketing, but it's really understanding what your unique value proposition is. What do you offer like in your office, whether that's customer service or your own unique approach? And then who are you talking to? Who's your ideal customer? And I think once you have those two things figured out, then it's really just a numbers game. Then it's how do I talk to these people over and over and over again? And, and there's a lot of different layers to that of like, you know, how many calls do I have to make? And, you know, fine tuning my, my clothes and my elevator pitch and all of that. But I think once you kind of know, like, what's the vision for my agency and what do I do differently? Like, how do I set myself apart? And then who do I need to talk to? Then you can really just get laser focused with that. Yeah. So that's what we focus so, on. Courtney, I want to talk about both of those really quick, the cold calling and the, and the social media. Talk to me a little bit about how you built a social media strategy that worked for you. Cause it's a clunky space too. Yeah. Like you can lose a lot of money you know, it's like playing a slot machine in some cases, if you're doing it wrong. Right. So, and it's, and it changes every year. So, so what was your mentality? How did you learn it? You know, what were you putting out how often and um, how did it work for you? Yeah. So again, this is 2014. So the internet has changed a lot since then, but I think this still applies of go where your customers are. So there are so many platforms. There's YouTube, there's Twitter, there's Facebook, there's LinkedIn, there's TikTok, there's Snapchat, there's all of these different things, but where are your customers actually hanging out? That's the first place that I would say, start with that. So what we did was we focused really hard on Facebook and then on our Google reviews. So that yes. was like our main form of like where we wanted people to find us. And our strategy was very simple. So we met with every single customer. So again, we started with nothing. So it's like, if you start with nothing, what do you want to build? What do you want it to look like? So we wanted to really make sure that our customers knew who we were and, and we knew who they were. So whenever we would meet with them, we would have a client profile form. So they'd come in and they'd fill it out. Um, and then during that, that profile, it would have all of their social media forms, their handles on there. And we would Great. friend them. We had our business page Great. on Facebook. Smart. We would friend them. We would send them a message, say, thank you so much for your business. And then we would invite them to leave us a review. And that was really where it all started. So it was, you know, how do I make sure that these people know who, who we are? So it was a daily thing. So we would add five new people every single day. We would make sure that we were messaging them and we would do a post every single day. So this was in our stories. This is on our post and every single person in our office, there was a Monday morning meeting, Tuesday morning meeting, like every, every day we had this huddle, we would sit down and we would spend time doing it. Like we would spend time working our social media because that's a business. Yeah, like, you have to. That's that's an easy it is free marketing. Amen. And people know who you are. I mean like, these are people that your kids go to school with. These are people that you see at church. These are people that you see out in the community. So you should be building your brand of who you are in the free spaces where you can, especially if you don't have a ton of money. So that was really our focus. Was, it, wasn't like a time, it wasn't a time suck either. I mean, the first team meeting we did, it's five minutes is what we did. So to start our meeting, five minutes and everyone would go in, they like five people's, com they would comment or like five people's statuses, comment on two additional statuses. And they would try to do it to seven people a day and seven different people every single day. So they were trying to touch multiple people. And then again, adding five people to the network. And so we did that amongst the whole team. And that's what allowed us to build a, by the time we were two, two years in, I mean, we were a referral based business only leads coming in from social media, all free besides the time we allocated to it. 
Google, mm -hmm. and then our true organic referrals from meeting with our customers. That's so smart. I don't know how many agents are, you know, friending all of their clients. You know what I mean? Like that's super smart. Um, and yeah, there's more, there are many ways that you can connect and build relationships with people. You know, I did it on the ground, like we talked about, and you mm -hmm. guys were doing it. And if you do it right in the social space, it can be very, very powerful and real. Yeah. And if you are connecting with people, I connect with everyone like that I interview on my podcast. Right. And so when I interview local business owners, I connect with them yeah. so that, you know, so that when I share the episode that I can tag them and stuff like that. But over the course of time, now that we're connected, you know, you get to know each other, you know, mm -hmm. you see what they're about, you see what their likes and dislikes are about, are like, and what their beliefs are. And you gravitate towards people that you know, like, and trust. Right. Yeah. And so that's so smart to be connecting with your clients so that they can see you again and again and again. And like Gary V says, like, it's a war of attention, mm -hmm. you know? And I remember many years ago, I was like, I just want to get into people's phones because that's where everybody is looking. And you guys did a great job of staying in front of people, you know, regularly enough so that you're not just their, you know, agents, like you're Michael and Courtney, you know? Yeah. So that's so smart. Well done. Uh, Michael, I want to talk a little bit about cold calling because that's an art form that, is hard and a lot of people hate it, including myself. And I want to hear, you know, what was your, what, how did you attack learning that yeah. skill? Uh, you know, I'm sure you found some scripts or something like that. So how did, yeah. how did you find success there? Great question. So the agent I worked for before agency was all, all we did were internet leads for the most part. And so I knew I didn't want to do internet leads because I just didn't, I didn't love them, but in working internet leads, I did learn processes, scripts, word tracks that somewhat worked. And so when we went the cold calling route, cold calling, look, it's not like I'm a psycho and I like love cold calling, but I do, I do love what cold calling can do because nobody else is doing it. So you're competing against the person that they have currently have insurance with. And that's pretty much it. Um, and also we would, we would, buy the the old leads, they were cheap. I mean, they're talking like 10 cents a lead. So, right. and we would buy it within a 45 minute drive time. That's how we could meet with so many customers. And, and we'd focus on homeowners as well. So we really tried to niche down to growing our, our homeowners book of business. And so by doing that and it's repetition. So, I mean, our goal was 150 to 300 dials a day. When we started, I would tell you that was probably a mistake. We were focused more on the activity versus the quotes. Okay. From what now me, no big deal. I was great at converting that conversation to a quote. However, what I found my team, my team was more concerned with getting the dials done a day than they were converting conversations into quotes. And so about nine months in, we changed our whole philosophy on the 150 dials a day to, Hey, just get your three quotes done a day. Smart. That's all we need. Like if you right. do three quality conversations a day where you're quoting more products, more coverage, and tracking the talk time, all that good stuff, you're going to have a, we averaged about a 33% closing ratio. So I knew Thanks. you talk to three people a day where each person in my office is closing one household a day. So I know I'm getting a little off your question, but mm. repetition enhances learning. Like you got to put in your reps to get good on the phone. That's how you build your confidence. You build your confidence by overcoming those objections when they, when, the, Hey, I'm not interested. Hey, how did you get my phone number? Hey, 
great. You're going to learn how to overcome this. And so by doing that, you're going to build your confidence. And so you turn what would take my team 150 dials to get three quotes or however many they had to do. I could do three quotes off of 25 calls as long as three, basically I could convert three converts, three quotes out of four to five conversations. So I just needed five people to pick up a day and I'm getting my three quotes done a day. So I don't know if that reps. I mean, that's what cold calling is. It, yep. You have to build your confidence and it's a mindset. Look, you cold can calling have, can yeah. burn you out. If you don't have the right mindset, make calls for 45 minutes, get up, go talk to your friends, go around the office, get some coffee, stretch, <laughs> take a 10, 15 minute break, and then get back at it. Like I'm not expecting you to make eight hours of just call, 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 call. Cause you won't, you won't last like yeah. you challenge yourself. That's what I always did. I'm like, okay, how many calls can I do in this 30 minute time period? I was more so going for the pickup, like how many, how, right. but I knew that if I made enough calls, so I just played games with myself as well. Well, I think with cold calling too, just like Michael said, you have to be in the right mindset. Cause you can have the best script in the world, but if your, your head's not in it, it's very obvious. People pick up on that over the phone. You have to be prepared. So mm -hmm. eliminate all your distractions. And we went in, we ran everything off time blocks. Everything was done very intentionally. Our, all of our days were set up. And so it was uninterrupted, very intentional time. So we had a, we had a goal. And we she, knew what Yeah, And when she says for. no distractions, I mean, cell phones are on airplane mode, email is shut off. Like all you're doing is concentrated on the actual call. So when someone picks up the phone, you're ready to have a conversation. So many times in coaching, I'm sure you've seen this in coaching producers. They're like, well, I make calls while I'm, while I'm looking at my Facebook or I'm looking at, and it's like, that's why you're not having any luck cold calling because you're not prepared when somebody actually picks up the phone. Yeah. You can't step in the batter's box, you know, and, and, and take a phone call because the pitch will go right by you. Right. Yep. And so, that's yeah, that's so smart. I mean, yeah. Time management, being intentional with your time, you know, time blocking is so smart and important. That's something that a lot of people don't do either, you know, being really focused on the task at hand, that's all really solid advice and, and it works, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I did cold call a little bit early in my career, but I, but my, my approach to cold calling is like, I only want to do this until I don't have to do it anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It was, it was a means to an end for me, yeah. you know, yep. it's a good way to get quick business if you do it right, you know? Yeah. And so, um, there are other ways to get business and I was yep. doing all these things at once, but eventually I knew I wanted to phase that out. And so, um, so always... let's talk a little bit about towards like, you know, towards the end of your tenure with state farm, what point did you guys feel like, talk to me about your transition to Weaver Sales Academy. At what point did you guys sit down, you know, over a glass of wine or whatever? And you're like, you know what? I think we can help other agents, you know, do what we do. Um, talk to me about what, what that transition was like. How did that come up? And then how did you, how did you make the transition? So this would have been in 2017. So we opened agency in 2014. And by the time we got to 2017, that was the year where we had over 500 conversations with agents on what are you doing? Because we were qualifying for the trips. We were traveling three months out of the year. You know, we we're on the top of the reports. And like, we were making great money. Like we, we netted yeah. over six figures a year, every year as an agency owner, because our marketing was so, our, we didn't spend any money in marketing. Right. Um, so like, you, like she was saying, like we had 500 conversations with agents that 
were struggling. I mean, they, they, their teams are not, they didn't know how to sell. They were not liking what they were doing. They thought they signed up for a, a career, a business, and they ended up locking themselves into 12, 14 hour days into just another job. Yeah. Um, no processes and systems. Mm-hmm. And so, so we, uh, we were on one of our big trips because travel is huge and we were headed to New Zealand, Australia, and Thailand. And it's a very long flight to get to New yes, Zealand. Yes, 20 some odd hours probably. Yeah, it was, a, it was a beast. And this is the end of 2017. And instead of drinking the cheap wine, which we usually do uh, to try to make ourselves fall asleep, <laughs> instead of doing that, we, we really just sat down and said, what would this look like? If we were to create a plan, what, would, what did we need? What, what did we need to know back in 2014 that would have saved us time, money, the pain of getting punched in the face and starting a new business? Yeah. And what is the same question that we're hearing over and over again? And that was really how Weaver Sales Academy was born was out of the need to help our peers and also what we needed in our agency, because training is the biggest beast in the room when it comes to bringing on a new producer. So it was like, how do we simplify this process? How do we hack this and really provide a solution? So that's really how Weaver Selves Academy came about. And that was the end of 2017, beginning of 2018. Um, and then, you know, over the years we had an SEO business. I had started an online fitness business. I was in network marketing. Like we were doing a lot of different things. And it, it got to the point where, you know, this is right after the pandemic, this is like 2021. We looked at each other and we're like, what are we doing? Like, yeah. why, what is our ultimate goal? Like, why are we doing all of this? Like, what does success even look like? We got so used to just like chasing the next goal yeah. that we really took a step back and said, what do we really want to do? And it was clear that we were both really excited about what we were doing at Weaver Sales Academy and we loved working together. So that was really where we started going. Okay. So it's not so much the day-to-day with the insurance anymore. And it's, it's not so much the SEO. It's really like, how do we focus on Weaver Sales Academy? So that was really it. Like two bottles of wine. Again, it, a lot of wine is always involved in our conversations, but keeps things really, going. Keeps That's it right. going. But it was really the you know, the big question that I think a lot of times we're just avoiding of like, what am I doing this for? And what does success look like? And what do I want to spend my days doing? And what do I want my life to feel like? And that was really what. And it was tough and scary, like for, cause I, I mean, we grew, we worked in the insurance business for the first two and a half years together. And we started scratch, like we said, so we met with just about every customer we'd ever written, at least through the first three, three and a half years. And so we had great relationships built. The income was really good at that point in time. Um, and to go off, but, and I, I did love insurance when, when we were in insurance, I loved it. But then my love for that started to transition over into just helping agents and producers. Mm-hmm. And that's ultimately, it's like, like she said, what are we doing? We might as well just do what we absolutely love and are passionate about. Um, and so that's why we went all in. We gave, we uh, exited the four other businesses mm-hmm. and went all in on Weaver Sales Academy January of 2022. And yeah, it's been, it's been a, a great 18 months, tough, <laughs> lots of learning lessons as well, um, Good for but, you. We're helping, but we're helping more insurance professionals than we've ever, ever helped. And it's, uh, it's, that's what gets us just like we came into an email 
literally today that was like, Hey, my team just had the best month they ever had last month. They wrote 32 life. Like, hell yeah. Like I love, like that is, that's why we do what we do. Like when you actually put into action and then we, we see, we see them get the results. That's what it's about. It's like when you help your customer and they get the result they want, it's the same Mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. It's so gratifying, right? You feel so happy for them and you're putting some good back into the world, you know, really, really affecting people's lives and giving them confidence and helping them learn stuff that's right in front of them, but they just haven't been told or they haven't been told in the right way, you know, or something like that. And so it's super, I, I, I love it so much. Did you guys wrestle with any sort of imposter syndrome in the beginning? You're like, are we really like, are they, are they going to listen to us? Do we really know what we're doing here? Cause I know I wrestled with that in the beginning too. And it was, it didn't take long for me to get through that because most of the agents that I was working with, I knew the answers to their questions pretty quickly. You know, they weren't hitting me with stuff that I didn't know. You know, I'm 18 years in at this point. So it's like, I've seen most of it, but did you guys have any of that and have to wrestle through it? Yes. Yes. So I think my, (laughs) my biggest thing was actually struggling with like an identity change, um, going from, going from being an agent in that peer to peer versus now I'm a just pure coach and trainer. Mm -hmm. And that's what I do all the time. It was a tough, yeah, it it was very tough. The first six months I would six to 12 months, I would say. Yeah. Um, And I think I don't want to cut you off, but I think imposter syndrome is, is almost a cue that you're doing the right thing because it means that you're stepping into a bigger version of yourself that you have to grow into. So if you're not feeling a little bit of like, who am I to do this? Then it's probably not big enough, whatever it is that you're going through. And I think, especially in the training space, and I know you understand this, Matt, is that we are not the saviors. We're not the hero. We are literally just a guide saying, here's what I would do. Here's what I suggest. Have you tried this? And ultimately they get to be the hero in the story. So I think when we make it less about who we are and more about how we can really show up and help, then that kind of helps to quiet that voice a little bit. I don't know if it ever goes away. If you're constantly challenging yourself, I think there's always times where you're like, what am I doing? Like, who am I to do this big, bold thing? But I think that's it. That's almost a good thing for me. Like that's a, that's a cue that I'm on. I like that. No, that's great. Um, So tell me a little bit about, let's talk some best practices for new agents, right? So new agent comes in, they hang their shingle. They may, they've made a hire. They've, they got their login and they just have no idea what to do. And like, they got their license, right. And they can, they can write business, but like, what are some things that agents need to put in place in year one to give them the best chance to succeed? And I'll just stop there. I don't want to iterate <laughs> anymore. Like I'll throw that one at you. What what are what are some things that that need to happen in the first year? You know, um, what mistakes should they avoid? What should they be learning? You know, how can they be making money as fast as possible? Yeah, and I think that is such a great question. And I think before you even get into like what you need to do. It's more of a question about why are you doing this? Because insurance is really two separate lanes that you can run. 
And it really depends on who you decide to partner with. So insurance is either I'm going to build it and I'm going to scale it and then I'm going to sell it, or I am going to build it and I'm going to keep it and I'm going to use that money to invest in other things. So I think before you start anything, you have to figure out why am I doing this? Like, what is, what is my business model? Because then that will tell you the next questions of who do I hire? How much do I spend? You know, what is that? What does my culture look like? What is, so it's always the vision. You have to start with the vision first, because then you can really start enrolling others in that your customers and your team. So I would say the first thing that you have to decide is what's the end game here. What am I trying to do? What am I trying to accomplish? Because then you're going to reverse engineer. And your why is that. super important because <clears throat> business ownership can be hard at times. And so you better have a really good why or you're going to want to give up and you probably will give up if your why is not big enough. Um, so yes, vision. Super. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that. I, I struggle with that a lot. In my first many years, my wife and I would talk a lot and would be like, as we wrote a lot of business, we grew every year, we kept going, we had visions of maybe having a mega agency with a ton of producers and that never panned out because good producers are really hard to find. I'm in a low premium state. Like I just couldn't, I couldn't get the traction that I wanted. And so it was hard to come to a, where is this going? Where do we want this to go? What happens when we get there? It was, it was, uh, it wasn't anything that I was taught early in my career to look for, to plan for. It was just sell policy. Like that was mm-hmm. it. There's just sell policies and grow. That's the only thing that, that I was probably taught. And, and that was the only thing that I really cared about. And I did it well, but I never had like this target this, this big target that I was aiming for. And so that took a long time and eventually it came down to, you know, lifestyle and, mm-hmm. you know, being yep. there for our kids and, you know, just, it all became about, you know, family when we had children and things like that. And so it took a while for that to present itself, um, even though the work was being done and we were taking care of business and things like that. But yeah, so that's great advice to try and, and, and you don't have to have it immediately, but it should be something that, you know, you're discussing and trying to, trying to continue to challenge yourself to find, Hey, yeah. and, we're, and we're speaking from experience here. <laughs> like I, w- I was the same way, like sales cures all like just sell, 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 make money. We'll figure it out. And so Courtney is really, really good at, I believe in vision boards. We've always, do- always done vision boards, but it always goes back to the why, but it's taken us time. Just like you said, like you, you got to get clear, but the better, the sooner you can get clear on your vision, the better everything else is going to go. Well, and, and I think just like Matt, what you said with family being the, you know, that's the cornerstone to probably all the decisions that you make, you filter it through, like, is this in line with how I want to show up as, as a dad and a spouse, or is it against how I want to? So I think it really kind of gives you a North star, but it also helps to frame like, what is the cost? So I can have this incredible business and I can make a ton of money and I can be on all the the top leaderboards, but am I willing to pay the cost? And if that is yes, then absolutely no question. But if that is no, then you start start to have to make decisions differently. It also will help filter out advice that you seek and who you seek it from. Because that was a big mistake that we made in the beginning was not filtering the advice that we were receiving and who we were learning from. So we had a vision for our life and our business and what we wanted to achieve. But if I'm taking advice from people who aren't on the same path as me or aren't in line with that, 
then it's not going to work. And we were similar to you. We're in a low premium Midwest market to where if I take advice from somebody who's spending a ton on internet leads in a completely different state with different premiums, that's probably not going to resonate. So I think that's really the first thing. And then if you want to get into like some nitty gritty tangibles, know how you get paid. I want to go a little bit further on that advice too. When you do start asking advice, ask even deeper advice questions. Like you may talk to somebody that looks like they're doing great on the outside, but what I dying on the inside, they're dying on the inside, or even, even some of these big top producers, they gross a lot, but they don't actually bring home any money. And so it's, it's truly goes back to what are your goals and the person you're getting advice from, are they actually giving you like true advice? Or are they giving you the advice that you, they want to, that you want to hear because of their ego? All right. So I think that that's, 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 I need, I just wanted to reiterate that. So yeah, let's go into some tangibles here. Yeah. So know how you get paid again. When you think about your, what your business looks like for us, it was all about how profitable can we be because we wanted to reinvest and deploy in, in other investments. So it was not a, a build scale sell model for us. This was profitability. So know how you get paid, uh, know your comp plan. And then also how much does it cost to, uh, run your business? So what are your expenses? How much does it cost to acquire business? So those are big things. Like you need to know your numbers because it's one thing to say that you have a $10 million book of business, but if it's all going out the back door, then what's the point? So I I think that's the big thing is know your numbers. And then with the marketing plan, again, it's time, skill, and money. Like, what do we have here? Do we have time? Do we have money? Do we have skill? And then really line up your marketing plan with that. Like if I don't have a ton of money, what are the marketing strategies that I can do? Just to your point, I don't have to do them forever, but what do I need to do to get this thing off the ground, to be profitable, to be in line with my vision, to where I don't have to make cold calls anymore, to where I have a purely referral business. So I think that that's a big one. Yeah. And with everything she just said, you need to have processes and systems, SOPs for everything within your agency. So when you are doing something, it needs to be documented on paper. I would say even video so that when you do hire, it's really easy to train and they know exactly what to do to be successful. And this is everything from the hiring process to the recruiting process, to your new business acquisition strategy, to how you have an appointment, to what good, what your, how do you answer the phone? How does your team answer the phone? How do you take a message? How do you like SOPs for everything? Because right. the better you can get at SOPs over those first one to three years, the easier your life will be as an agency owner and a CEO as you grow within your business. And so processes and systems for everything in every aspect of the business, from the marketing plan to the sales acquisition, you name it, you got to have a process and system around it. And I think I would be missing the mark if I didn't talk about training here, if we didn't bring that up. Um, because I, I think a lot of times agency owners think that it's a lack of people of why their production is low. And usually it's not a lack of people. It's a lack of production with that person. It's a lack of potential. It's a lack of training. It's there's really, that is the missing piece. So that's something that very few people actually like to do or have the skill set to do, but it has to be done. If you bring a new hire on, you know, you're talking about processes and systems. Everyone needs to have a plan of, okay, how do I get this new person up and running to where 
me as the agent, I'm not spending four or five hours a day focused on this because as the agent, your time is usually better spent doing something else aside from training. Well, how do you set them up for success and how do you set yourself up for success? And so most agency owners, like they like to be coaches. They don't necessarily like to be trainers. And there is a difference. A trainer is someone that takes you from point A to point Z, every aspect and a new person that you hire, even yourself, if you're just getting into the insurance industry, you have to learn the ins and outs, the A's through the Z's. And so you need to hire someone I would recommend to help you get there. You need to invest in yourself. You need to invest in your team so that you can become the coach you want to be to where you can say, hey, I just heard you say this, tweak that. That's what most agency owners want to be. They just want to be the coach that's like, hey, I heard this, tweak this. They don't want to say, hey, this is an elevator pitch. This is how you do an elevator pitch. This is why the elevator pitch is structured this way. And this is why you'll be successful. That's a totally different skill set. But training mm -hmm. every single day, we trained for 15 minutes a day, every single day in our agency. It doesn't have to be a lot of training. 15 was my was what we found worked the best from a time attention span standpoint with our team, but consistent training, what you train on is what your production is going to be around. Like if you're consistently training, you're consistently getting better. And that was the culture that we wanted to build and that we like to help agents build as well. Like you have to always be getting better or else complacency sits in. You'll lower your expectations. It's just that growth versus complacency mindset. Yep. I love all of that so much. And I agree with all of that. So thank you for bringing that training is so important. Um, I wanted to ask you, I think you would agree that a lot of agents don't get the most out of their team. Mm -mm. Like it's almost a law of nature, right? Mm -hmm. So I wanted to ask you, why do you think that is? And how do they get over that and get more out of their team. Cause that's one thing I've been able to be successful with, with my team for years. Like I've had 20 people work for me in 18 years and my production has been the same or better every year. And it took me a long time to realize that I was the constant, you know, I was mm -hmm. the one that was, that was, I'm the only one that's been here every day, you know? And so, um, it took me a long time to give myself credit for helping get my team where they need to go regardless of what iteration that team is, you know, we've had people come and go over the years, but why do you think agents don't get the most out of their team and, and what can they do to, to get the most out of their team? I think it's pretty easy. I think it comes down to consistency, expectations, and accountability period, end of story. So consistency, what are you consistently showing up? What's the messaging that you're providing? What's the training that you're providing? What does that look like on a consistent basis? Not I, we do this once a week or we do this once a month. We have a review once a week or we never have reviews. So keeping a level of consistency, expectations, what are they responsible for? How do they win? Like, what does that even look like? What does success look like? What do they need to do to really move the needle forward? And, and what impact does that make within the business? And last thing, accountability. You have to hold people accountable. If you give them consistent training, you provide consistent expectations and there's a level of like, this is how you win. And then you hold them accountable to that. It's pretty clear to see, okay. And you have to take accountability as a leader too. Am I the problem? I mean, like not to be like a Taylor Swift moment here, like, is it me? Am I the problem? But also, you know, when they go through all of those and 
you can see like, okay, maybe this just isn't a good fit for this person and be willing to make that decision. Be willing to take ownership of you as the leader of like, what do I need to tweak in the consistency, the expectations or the account- accountability, or do I need to make a, a decision here? Um, and yep. I think the, the other thing is when it comes to expectations as a leader, you have to remember that you are going to care more about your business than anyone ever will. That's just how it is. And you're going to give it a hundred million percent and everything that you have day in and day out because it's your livelihood. But if they can do it even to 80%, that's incredible Yep. because 80% done by somebody else and allowing you to do your hundred percent is still more than you're getting on your own. So, you know, if it's somebody that's at 50%, know that you're not probably going to get them to a hundred percent because that's for you. That's your seat. But what can we do from a consistency expectations and accountability standpoint to get them to 80%? So I think that's a big thing. Yeah. And to, to add to that, I would even say all of that's, that's the how to, and I would say tying it to also having conversations with them around their personal goals their professional goals, obviously, and how they correlate with each other. So what's important to them? How, if they have a dream of buying a house in 18 months, great. What do they have to do professionally to help get to that goal personally? Mm -hmm. And so building a culture around, around again, the growth and, and accomplishing goals and having those vision boards, I think is really, really important. The other thing I would, I would add to this that we experienced in all of our businesses is a players like to play with a players. All right. A players don't like to play with B players and C players because B players and C players bring down. All right. They're going to bring down the culture. And so if you have an A player and maybe you haven't found your A player yet, but once you find an A player, then you need to find other players to play with the A player because B because one A player can replace what three C players and two B players. Yep. So that's the, and that's the hard part as a business. And I know it's, we all want A players and we all want to build an organization with A players. But here's the thing, when you find an A player, don't continue to hire C players to play with that A player because the A player is going to be upset. They're going to get pissed off and they're going to go to a different organization with other A players. Yep. Great. Yeah. Setting expectations, training them and holding them accountable, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's what you need to do. And I, I've learned over the years too, that like setting the expectations, I think sometimes expectations on the front end, when you first bring someone on, I think those expectations can be set too low. Mm-hmm. And I, I like to, to raise them higher because I remember when I first started, my DM told me I had to write 20 policies a month to be successful, like in the beginning. Right. Mm-hmm. And I did, you know, because that's what he told me to do. I always wonder like, what if he told me it needed to be yeah. 30? Like yeah. I would have done it, you know, and I left, I left money on the table. And so, um, so stretching them, you know, finding their, you know, the, the top of what they're capable of doing, I think is really important because you don't want someone writing whatever, $25,000 a month in premium when they could be doing $35,000 a month right. in premium, you know? And so, yeah, so much. I think you're stuff. I think you're spot on with that, Matt. I I believe that expectations are everything. What you tell someone to do, they're either going to barely miss it or barely hit it typically. All right. Yeah, that the your A players for sure. Yes. Yeah. So and here's the thing is if you have an expectation in your agency. So like our expectation was always around 50 policies a month for like within your 3 months you should be doing 50 policies a month every single month auto fire life. You find out very quickly if you hired an A player or not, because they're either going to, if you're doing your part as a leader, you're training them, you've got the expectations, you're coaching them, 
they should be hitting that. And if they're not, they're probably not a good fit for your agency anyways. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, last question for you guys. Tell me a little bit about Weaver Sales Academy. Tell me what you offer to them, how you help people become more successful. What do you teach them? What's the layout like? You know, um, because I honestly don't know a lot about it. So I, I want <laughs> I want to know. So tell me when you bring on an agent, like what can they expect from you guys? Yeah. So Weaver Sales Academy is a 24-7 on-demand really training curriculum style for insurance professionals. Um, and we specialize in auto fire life and we have everything from a 10 day new hire training. So you bring somebody on brand new, we will walk you through every single day from the elevator pitch all the way into how to close multiple lines of business. Uh, we have an eight week training program that really gets people like we were talking about that 50 app threshold. That's really what we're focused on in that eight week training program. Um, and then we have product specific trainings as well. And everything is on demand. It's email to you. And then we have like a cohort style. So where we do a live training call every single week where we come in and we really just tackle the, the gritty of, you know, I'm having this conversation. How do I overcome this? We do the mm -hmm. live role play and it's not high level strategy. It's really, what are you saying? How are you saying it? And this is what you need to do to improve. And so there's a lot of like tangible takeaways, and then you can study and learn on your own as well. So we really feel like we've created kind of the blueprint for success for insurance agencies and insurance professionals, producers out there. So it's really for everyone to really set themselves up to be profitable, to have fun in their business, um, and to really become professionals instead of just product pushers, because we're in the environment where, you know, rates are going up, rates are changing, and we don't just want to be selling based off of price. We want to be selling based off of value and really teaching you how to do that, regardless of what the market is doing. So that's really what we're focused on. And, and we're super excited because our whole mission is really to elevate an entire industry. This is an industry that can completely change your life. It can, can change generations. And so we really want to focus on just trying to provide as much value to the insurance industry and the people, the wonderful people that make it up. So yeah, that's what awesome. we do. Well, thank you for doing it. I mean, when I first started agency launch, I called my mentor when I just had, it was a seed of an idea because I have some background in training and I was like, I wonder if I should try this. Do you guys know Troy Coors Garden? Have you guys? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. he was a, he was a, we worked for the same company and I've known him for a long time. And I, I hit him up once in a while for high level advice when I'm like, Troy help, you know? And, uh, <laughs> I was like, Troy, I have this idea. And I told him, and even before I stopped, or even before I stopped telling him, he's like, Matt, just do it. He's like, this space needs so much help mm -hmm. with training. He's like, there's a huge gap. They're not getting it. So I, um, I applaud anybody who's entered this space to try and to try and help. Cause it's hard, you know, mm -hmm. it's really tough. And so anybody out there who's helping, you know, the new agency owners, existing agency owners, producers learn this craft. Um, it's so helpful and, and they, they need it. They, the good ones crave it, you know, mm -hmm. and, and are dying to, to, to find it. And it, it's tough to find. So I'm so glad to have met you guys and to know that there are, there that you're out there helping people too. So I, I appreciate what you guys are doing and you're, you're doing excellent work. So thank well, you. Same to you, Matt. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. And I would, I would end with, and I think you can appreciate this, but opportunity cost. If you're an agency owner and your, your team's not hitting their goals on a consistent basis, you're not making the money you want to make. What would an investment in a training organization do for your organization to help you make more money? If you're not making six figures a year and you're making $20,000 a year, the opportunity cost there is $80,000 a year. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's not an expense. That's what I tell. That's why I try and tell people this is not an expense. It's an investment, you know? So what you, what you teach people help them make more money and they will make significantly more money Oh, yeah. 10 times than what you're charging, you know? And so it's, yeah. uh, there's, there's a mindset there because we live in such a consumer centric world yeah. that sometimes this stuff falls into a category where it's an expense, you know, or it's a commodity or something like that. And it's not, it's a skill, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a real skill that can change your life. And so, yeah. um, that's what, that's what makes you guys awesome. So, so thank you guys for coming on thank today. You. It's always a pleasure to sit down with people in the industry and just talk shop. I mean, you, all three of us align so much in the way yeah. that, that we've run businesses, the way we've marketed. I've learned things from you. Um, and there's more than one way to, to run an agency and to grow an agency. So um, I just really appreciate, I'm just stoked to, to know you guys at this point and to be able to create content and share and to help is what we're trying to do. So yeah. thank you for coming on. And uh, you guys, go go take a nap. <laughs> no. Thanks for having us. Matt, we thank you so much, it. my man. So much All right. You bet. Take care. All right. Bye-bye.